When I, Susie, went there to pray for him, she showed me how much blood was coming out, and even in a black bucket you could see that there was a lot of blood in the urine, and after two days he was very white again. We kept giving him antibiotics, but they seemed to not be doing any good. Frontier Missions Journal Stories of Hope for the Unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions In the Punjari project, difficulties church members face can not only affect the physical dimensions, but spiritual realms as well. Yet, with faith in Christ, God is the victor. Join us for a microcosm of short stories brought to you by missionary Susie Baldwin. Our first story is titled, Why Won't It Stop? It was a dark and stormy night, and Prince was sick, quite sick, with malaria, and his health was going downhill. His mother, Elise, told his father that they needed to go to the hospital now. He said, but it's pouring down rain out there. But she insisted that they go now and not later. They headed to the hospital, despite having only 25 cents in her pocket. She called Fidel to ask if we had some money to help them get started at the hospital. They went to the emergency room and were admitted. She headed to the cashier and waited until Fidel came so that she could put some money on the account, which was about $40. Prince's dad was running around town trying to borrow some money in the meantime. They started Prince on an IV of malaria meds and an antibiotic as they realized that he was also very anemic because of urinating blood. His father was a match for him and they rapidly did a blood transfusion. He started to be better because he had blood in his system, but almost as quickly he started to urinate it back out again. When I, Susie, went there to pray for him, she showed me how much blood was coming out, and even in a black bucket you could see that there was a lot of blood in the urine. And after two days he was very white again. We kept giving him antibiotics, but they seemed to not be doing any good. After a week and a half of being there in their little corner of a bed, with Elise sleeping sitting beside the bed, she asked the doctors, why won't it stop? They said that they were doing all they could, but the blood wouldn't stop. She then cried out to God again and told him that she knows that she serves a mighty God and not to leave her and see how all the pagans come and leave with their children healed and she's still here to heal her child and let her not be ashamed. So she prayed and prayed for over two hours and God worked a miracle. The blood stopped and God showed himself mighty before the hospital staff and the doctors who started asking questions on her church and God when they saw how God had healed him. On Sabbath, they were in church to give glory to God for what he had done. This is only one of the many problems that have been going around our church members in the past months or so. There are satanic infiltration going on in the church that are bringing problems on the people of God. And in the case of Prince, it was his father's family in the village that sent problems that way because his father was supposed to do some ceremony and he hadn't done it. And then it jumped over the father and went to the son, Prince. Satan is not happy when his territory is disrupted, but God is always the victor. Susie will tell us about a few more experiences of how prayer is essential in our daily lives. 
It was Sabbath morning, and I woke up early to be able to work on my sermon, which had been buzzing around in my brain throughout the week. I prayed and started to get my verses together, but I still couldn't figure out where it was going. To me, it seemed like I had two sermons stuck together, but I kept at it and let it be. It often happens with me that I don't get the real sermon until I'm standing up in front. So we went off to church and did the Sabbath school, and then I looked at all the verses, but I still couldn't get it together. But then up on the platform and all the church service activities, I was finally like, okay, God, I'm standing up now, and you can tell me what I'm going to preach about, but no. And so I started in from the top, and it came little by little, growing in intensity, with Satan masquerading as Jesus coming back. I went on for almost an hour, and finally it was done. We headed home and rested a bit, and then prepared to head to women's ministry. But just as we were ready to head out, I got an intense stomach ache and was like, huh? Where did that come from? I squirmed a bit, thinking I would get less, but it didn't. So I laid down on the floor and prayed and then rebuked Satan as if he was the one bringing it on. And sure enough, after that, it calmed right down and was basically gone by the time I had gotten dressed and we were on the way. But alas, we didn't get very far. In fact, only 1.5 kilometers from the house and still on the dirt road before the blacktop. Suddenly we came to an abrupt stop as a suspension that holds the tire up on the front of the truck was on the ground in the dirt. And that was that. I said, wow, Satan really doesn't want us to go to women's ministry. First, I was going to call women's ministry off. But then Esther, our student missionary, said that I should call Fidel and see if he would take us on the motorcycle. So he accepted and came and got us, and we squished on the small baggage rack of the motorcycle, hanging on as there wasn't much space. And after much laughs, with Esther and I almost falling off several times, we were not going very fast, I was falling off one way and Esther was falling off the other way. We finally made it five kilometers to church, and we had a good meeting, and watched the first part of one of the Walter Weith videos. We then started to walk home, but I didn't really want to walk as it was sundown and getting dark quickly, so I called Fidel to come and get us. But then a couple of minutes later, we passed the police station, and the chief of police was there, and we know each other. And he said that he would take us home, but to keep walking, and he would meet up with us. So we kept walking, and about five minutes or so later, he passed us and stopped. So we got in, and he took us home. And we have been having terrorist worries about, so it wasn't safe for us to be walking at night. The next morning, the mechanic came and got the truck fixed, and that was that. And we praise God for his protection, deliverance, and help, and that he didn't let the truck get stuck on the main road, even if it was in a rather bothersome spot. Let's continue listening to another experience of how God was leading in their lives. When we moved out to the farm, we didn't have any water, and we had to haul it into the house in 25-liter jugs. Then we got the money that allowed us to drill two wells. One was for the house, and the other one was for, was for the garden project. First we pumped with an electric pump, but the generator used a lot of gas, and it was too small for the pump, and it finally burned out. But by then we had solar pumps, and we got these hooked up, and they started working. They worked along, and then we had an issue where the pump for the house didn't work. Because of some of the difficulties of that time with sickness, 
we didn't get the electrician out to fix it. But we switched the water tank in the garden and we had it hooked. And we hooked the two systems together with a faucet that we can open and close as we need to. So we used that. And then one day, the electrician came and he got them fixed. The pump for the house had an issue that the wire had come disconnected, probably from the cow's horns as they walked under the panels. The other one was more serious, as it was burned out because it got rained into. It was under the panels, but the rain doesn't always go where the rain needs to go, and it went down sideways with lots of force. When they got the house pump fixed, the most lovely sound that morning was the sound of water going into our empty water tank. But later that evening, it was the horrid sound of water now pouring out of a large hole in the bottom of the smaller tank onto the ground. Those tanks apparently have an issue, as the plumber said, as he fixed that same issue in the same brand of that tank. And the sad part was, was that the electrician had been there the day before to fix the pump, and for whatever reason had moved the valve and ran the water pump into the lower tank instead of the upper tank. I only saw that it was pumping into the lower tank right before the lower tank split and the sun was gone. It was the lower tank that had split, so the upper one didn't have hardly any water in it, and the pressure is low enough that it didn't come out of my faucet in the kitchen. Oh well, that's why we have five gallon jugs of water sitting in the kitchen and the bathroom so we always have water even with these issues. But this wasn't the end of our water story. We still didn't have the pump for the house hooked up and a few weeks ago Fidel had been praying and asking God for a sign that we are where we are supposed to be. He told me that he would tell me something in a month. I said, okay. So two Sabbaths ago, we came home from church and found the black top tank was overflowing. I thought maybe the electrician had come and hooked it up directly. Since Fidel was in the village and didn't have his phone, I had to wait till he came home. I also didn't have the electrician's number to ask him. So the boys had fun time playing in the raining water all afternoon as it was royally hot as normal. And when Fidel came home, he called the electrician and found out that they had not hooked up the pump. We thought maybe the system in the garden was going in backwards into the tanks. But I had already turned off the pump for the garden, and when Fidel had closed the connecting pipe, nothing changed. We again moved the valve to let the water into the lower broken tank to listen to see if the water was still running. And sure enough, there was still water pouring out and into the tanks. But when we touched the pipes coming out of the well, there were no vibrations. The pipes were warm, where normally you can hear the water coming up and the pipes are cool. Well, we were mystified. I went to bed at 9 p.m. and it was still running, but it stopped sometime in the night. But around 9 p.m., Fidel went out to stand near the panels and the pumps and he heard a voice saying, You asked for a sign, here is your sign. So all that week, we used the water in that tank that God sent. And next Sabbath morning, our mysterious water from last Sabbath ran out, right as we were getting ready to go to church. So we opened the faucet for the garden tank and finished and went to church. Sometime in the afternoon, Abraham came in all wet. And I asked him where he had been, and he said the tank was overflowing again. Yes, that mysterious tank that apparently only filled on Sabbath. And so we now had another tank of water. Mind you, we still don't know how it was filling, except that it was a miracle from God. The panels still are not hooked up to the pump. How did God do that? 
When you fill the tubes, there's no water running through them. The pump is not working, but when we listen, there is definitely water pouring into the tank, which we can make go into the second tank. Mind you, the lower tank is still not fixed because the bees chased the guys awake who came to glue it. But this second Sabbath, Fidel went out to the panels and the pump and prayed and told God that we understood and that the tank was full and that was enough. And not long after that, the water stopped. Praise God, he confirmed that we are where he wants us to be. If we follow God's will, he promised to lead us exactly where we need to be. We need not to fear because God promised to always be near. With today's technology, we are able to minister to people all over the world. Susie will share with us a story where she had the opportunity to minister to people in a different language. What is it like to listen to the Bible for the first time in your own language? Not being translated by word of mouth from the French into your heart language by whoever is the translator of that day. Sometimes translated well, sometimes more difficultly depending on the vocabulary and the knowledge of the translator in both French and the heart language. In women's ministry meeting last week, we didn't have a translator. So instead of just sitting there and staring at each other and babbling along, not understanding what, you, what each other was saying, I turned on the Bible to the story of Abraham. The two ladies who were listening intently to the story of Tower of Babel and then the genealogy of Noah and then on to the story of Abraham to finally stop at Genesis chapter 15. Thanks to Faith Comes by Hearing Organization, who took the time to record the New Testament and Genesis, which is all translated into Bialy, the Bereba can now hear the Bible in their own language. Thankfully, now we are in electronic age, and many people have the memory cards in their phones or portable speakers, which take memory cards. Also, many thanks to SIL, who helped translate the New Testament and Genesis into the language of Bialy. Thank you for listening to Frontier Mission Journal. Join us again for more inspiring adventures from the missionaries that have dedicated their lives to serve God and reach those that still need to hear about Jesus Christ, our Savior.